bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. Well, we might need to change that intro so it says we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about a 20-year-old <laughs> episode of The West Wing. Which we are currently watching. Wow. I mean, if you guys wow. want to gag... Go back, like, fuck the deep dive on the old Sopranos, Mm -hmm. which I know people are doing the Sopranos because the new prequel to Sopranos is coming out. Mm -hmm. So fine. And obviously, during the fucking pandemic, we all needed 350 episodes of something (laughs) to watch in one week. Exactly. But all during 2020, (laughs) you kept on saying. Actually, it wasn't during 2020. It was. The very beginning of 2021 when we got fucking horny for hot sake for lunch. Uh And you were like, maybe we should watch the West Wing because it's all about the White House press room. Right. I thought it was about the West Wing. (laughs) Well, it is. It is. It is. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I didn't really. I, you know, I don't know. I think sometimes I don't know why I know what I know. You must have known that Allison Janney's part was the press secretary. Right. Which is true. Right. Because it is about the West Wing and it is probably about the East Wing and right. the fucking. All the wings. Yeah. All, all the, the chicken wings, all the wing wings, all the wings. And it's the president and the. It's how the. It's how the fucking. White House runs. How it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Allison Janney is there and she is great. <sighs> and she plays basically the Jen Psaki, but. Right. So you've been talking about it since. January uh-huh. and then I mean literally January motherfucking like <laughs> 18th or uh-huh. the 20th when the the first day of her press conference and then I don't know why or what but like a couple weeks ago we just finally bit the bullet yeah and started watching and wow if the shit wasn't written this year I mean it's pretty it's every issue is the same history is repeating itself nothing has changed nothing has changed nothing has changed from literally from a pandemic yeah okay? on episode it's 8 insane they have a thing of where of a bunker that they, where who's going to get to go to the bunker and there's a thing a possibility of an outbreak of smallpox mm-hmm. and it's all about herd immunity right. vaccines and I mean Mammy, I fell asleep. I was watching it and I was like, I'm going to wake this bitch up because I am literally, I have chills, head to toe chills. The fact that he literally, uh, because then I went and watched the <clears throat> the full episode and he goes, you know, the, the, this whole idea. And they've even said it this year. This whole thing has literally just been said that the war, the fighting, the ground war, those days are over. We're not going to fight with tanks. We're not fighting with guns. That's why we're pulling out of fucking anywhere is because the new war is a biological war and it is about how are we going how is one country going to put 
a, you know, a disease or a virus onto yep. another country. Now, you could argue that isn't what happened, or you could argue it could. Right, either way. <laughs> either it, way, it's here. We in a pandemic. We in a pandemic. It's not going away, and um, it's fucking the world over. And so. It, and by the way, episode eight, which is what we're talking about, was in 1999. Mm. So it's 22 years old. Mm. But the whole show. And I mean, listen, we don't need your notes, babe. We realize we are we aren't even late to the party. We weren't invited to the party. <laughs> we missed the party. They threw a 20 year anniversary of the party and we missed that party. Yes. So let it be said. Aaron Sorkin just <laughs> kills it. The show is so fucking goddamn good. The show's good. The show is good. The just I, I can't even believe I just can't believe from from Republicans and Democrats not getting anything done to one side holding over the other side to one side trying to dupe the other side. I mean, it's literally the yeah. same fucking shit. And the dialogue, know, the direct it's all about the dialogue, period. You know, unfortunately, Episode eight, head to toe chills. Episode nine, <laughs> the Excedrin bitch is back on. Elizabeth Moss shows oh. up. She's Martin Short Sheen's daughter. Yeah, Martin Sheen Short's daughter. Yeah, and Martin like, Short Sheen's You know what daughter. I mean? And and as we know, no one's looking for her. And well, she's and you annoying, know when but... she was the when she started being insufferable, she's much she's much more sufferable as now. Oh 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 oh. She she started off. Oof. completely unacceptable in Dad. every single way. Yeah. And this is the awful of that. Right. Right. So right. I'm going to really fight through the buggery of, <laughs> of a young Elizabeth Moss. Yes. However, we're seeing the genius of, and we never really did before of Rob Lowe. Sorry. Never felt Rob Lowe. Never no. understood the Rob Lowe. Never got into Rob Lowe. I understand he's a, he's a frozen in time Dorian Gray looking person. Yeah. But this is his, uh, this is where he's shining. Right. This is his, this is his sweet spot. He is fucking doing great. I mean, all of them. Bradley Whitford. Yes. Martin Sheen. Martin, Martin Short Sheen. Sheen even. Martin Short Sheen. And this is why during the, that, the 10 years of the West Wings, uh, while it was on, people were like, why can't Martin Sheen be our president and all that shit? And now we, now we know why. Yeah. Now we know why. And honestly, it's the kind of thing, because of the writing, it makes acting look easy right. until when they're walking and talking in the hallways, which was the whole hallmark, without even, right. even knowing what the West Wing was about. I knew that was the whole the, the whole jig with fucking Aaron Sorkin was this walking and talking 100 miles a minute because then you're in acting right. class. It was like Gilmore Girls and West Wing. It was uh -huh. like, you got to go fast like you're in the West Wing. You just got to go fast. You got to walk right. and talk. But it really does. It hits different walking and talking. It's really funny. They're all great. And you think, oh, acting's easy. And then they do acting and you're like, nope, I'm going to yep. actually, this is where I get off the acting train because these motherfuckers are doing 10 minute monologue. Oh my God. And it is. And now I get it. Now I understand when the thing says uh, it should feel like the West Wing. And I know, I mean, you know, I kind of knew. Oh, when you the know audition, what I mean? You mean when the audition and, says, I, and it yeah. says it should feel like the West Wing or Aaron Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin type dialogue. It should go fast. I'm like, what is, who can, why is this about the speed? And now I get it. Yeah. Because they're walking, they're, they're, they have things to do. You're, 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 you can't be bothered, but you are bothered. There's a whole, thing to it where it's like because they're in the west wing they are rushing they are constantly rushing they have things they have to get done always starts out when they get to work in the morning and it's dark and it, and they love to mm -hmm. hit this very heavy and hard and on the nose it's dark when they get there and it's dark when they leave yes and they yes. have no life they have no life no nope. it's just 
I honestly, I'm not even going to go. I don't have any regrets in life except for overpacking and paying extra suitcase charges. Uh-huh. But I don't regret missing it then because it would have been lost on me. Yeah. Oh, no. Now it's now we have eight seasons of the West Wing to enjoy and to be able to compare and contrast how everything is the same and nothing has changed. Do you think that we if we were to like pop into Gilmore Girls, which is a religion to people? It is? Yes. Oh. Do you think that we would hmm. be... Because hmm. hmm. I like that hmm. that chick from the Gilmore Girls because she's in Bad Santa and she's so good in that Lauren whatever. Graham. Yeah. So is it the same kind of thing where we'd be like commenting on the current state of affairs? No. Fuck oh. no. Well then... <laughs> supposedly the Gilmore Girls, like I said, is the same as West Wing in the way that they talk really fast. Oh. I think Melissa McCarthy was in it. People just... Oh. They watch it and they go back and they... Mm. Or, so I just wondered, if, is it is it something we would like? Well, we can try. I have no idea. I have zero clue because I don't have any idea what that show's about. Well, we'll check in in August 2022 and let you guys know because we will not be done with West Wing <laughs> until the, the episodes are so dense. And if yeah. you said, oh, I saw it, you might as well go back and start over with us. You know, never, you, know uh, you, can, you have to watch them three times. Yeah. I mean, I watched because you were sleeping. Uh, with the smallpox one. Yeah. And I needed to stare at you while you watched it. I was like, oh, wait, this bitch is going to lose her shit. She's going to lose. And I did. Yeah. I mean. And I thought, oh, I, while I was watching you watch the show, I go, oh, I missed this scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, and then even when we're watching, we have to rewind because it's like, what the fuck did they just say? Yeah. I'm like, what I are can't even talking understand. about? Gun control? I don't even. I, I don't get it. Well, since we're talking about shows, I just want to say real quick, if you're new here and you'd rather hear us talk about anything other than politics, then you should give our Patreon podcast a try. (laughs) I know it's hard to imagine paying for podcasts. We all think of them as free and we want them to be free. And many, 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 many of them are, including this one. But to that we say, Patreon is different. (laughs) It's a community with lots of different types of content and content creators. Our Patreon podcasts are completely different than this. They don't even seem like podcasts because they certainly don't seem like shows. No. Uh, (laughs) First of all, there's no ads. Uh, We don't act like it's a show. We don't produce it or prepare it or edit it. We think of our patrons not like our 14 listeners, but more like a group hanging out. It's a totally different experience than this podcast. But the thing is, you can import the feed into your regular podcast player. So even though the Patreon podcasts are different, they are just as easy to access once you sign up. It really doesn't have to be a whole thing. Um... We just need your money. Yeah. <laughs> right. We do two a week and they are both an hour long and cost a dollar. If you're interested, go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and you can listen to a free one from September called Windows Up Sing Time. Just scroll through the locked podcast until you get to September of 2020 and you will see that it's free and you can just press play. And then if you like it, subscribe. You can cancel anytime. You don't have to pay for a year or anything like that. You can literally cancel after one week. And I have to say, we must thank all of our Patreon subscribers, because if it wasn't for you, um, I would have driven home and live in my parents' basement. There is no way we would have survived the pandemic. No, I mean, not at all. Nope. And nope. So the Patreon has been it's it's our four year Patreon anniversary Mm -hmm. this week. Keeping the lights on, the food on the floor and the clothes on our back and the everything. It's everything. 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 Well, um, one of our favorite Patreon subscribers, Stacey Van Ness, Mm. she sent us a book called How to Talk to Your Cat About Gun Safety. 
and abstinence drugs, Satanism, <laughs> and other dangers that threaten their lives. Stacy, where where did we hear about this book? I do. It's it's ironic that Stacy sent us that because when she sent us her picture postcard, which is gorgeous, it's like her and her wife. I had it sitting on my couch at home, and Mighty saw Stacy's crystalline blue <laughs> eyes, her big blue eyes gleaming out from the postcard, and Mighty like got thought that I don't know if she thought it was another animal, if she thought it was a ghost. Right. Stacy's yeah. got an ethereal vibe the book is um because it could be how to talk to your cat about stacy eye safety <laughs> that could be the title of the book that's true so it's all how to talk to your kids about safe sex drugs right. satanism but instead it's cats there's one one title who are the enemies who seek to undermine my cat's faith in creationism <laughs> <laughs> read the back blurb memo it's so good Long gone are the good old days when a cat's biggest worries were mean dogs or a bath. Today's cats must confront liberals, online predators, <laughs> the possibility of needing to survive in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, and countless other threats to their nine lives. But have no fear, the American Association of Patriots is here to prepare you for the difficult conversations you dread having with your cat. Written in a simple Q&A format, how to talk to your cat about gun safety answers crucial questions such as... What age is the right age to talk to my cat about the proper use of firearms? What are the benefits of my cat living a lifestyle of abstinence? <laughs> it's a full-on fucking conservative Republican book. Yeah. so great. Our country and our cats stand at a precipice. It will take courage and it will take hard work. But armed with the knowledge within these pages, we can make our cats and America great again. Patriots. The how to teach your cat to be a patriot. I mean, how fucking hilarious is that? So the good, American Stacey. Association of Patriots presents. <laughs> oh my god! How it's fucking genius. funny is that? Like the cats have to put up with liberals. <laughs> oh, it's great! I love it. We love it. Thank you so much Thanks. for this. What a, this is just such a good laugh, and it's just great. Okay, so one of our fourteen listeners, Rebecca Tershner, mem uh -huh. she sent us an updated picture of her gorgeous family for our drug den bulletin board. And she had another fucking baby. <laughs> Look at this baby. Oh, it's like a Gerber baby. Now, when I got this and I opened it, Julie was in the kitchen. And Rebecca, I just need you to know, when I opened your card, I recognized you guys right away. And I was so excited that you had a fucking baby. <laughs> I like was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, you have to come see this baby. It's like, and this is just a sidebar. Rebecca, uh -huh. you never gave us your last name when you sent your the first picture of your family, which is you, your husband, Jared. I'm a, I'm mean, listen, I'm assuming you're married. I don't want to make a I don't know your life. Maybe that's just your baby dad. I don't know. And then your son, Wyatt. So it, we have the picture up right now. I don't know if you remember what you sent us, but you're in like a red shirt with like a black like like a vest over it. Wyatt's in like a red plaid shirt. Now, it just says Rebecca Jared White. There's no last name. And I'm so I guess I just put that up there because I, I don't know if you just signed it with your first name or what. But I knew instantly who you were when I got it because goddamn Wyatt is like a child supermodel. <laughs> I'm obsessed with your son. He is. I don't I mean, I I think they're from Wisconsin. This has got to be the best looking kid in Wisconsin, period. I mean, with all due, if we have any other kids in Wisconsin, then they're all equal. But <laughs> this kid, Wyatt. And then Mamma -Mam absolutely, like, went, fell into lesbian love. I'm talking about lesbian motherhood love mm -hmm. with that baby. And, and you were like, <gasps> you got that baby. Vibes. I don't know. I don't know. My, my baby. I don't know. I yeah, guess it's. You got ba baby fever for this little girl. I have baby girl. fever. Yeah. 
Um, well, I'm thrilled we have their last name now. We will keep their old picture up as we do because we have a giant bulletin board in our drug den slash podcast studio. And it would be empty if it weren't for 14 people sending us updates. So we will keep <laughs> the old photo and the new one with baby Edison. Wow. Uh, and she says, Julian Brandy, I haven't written in a long time. You probably don't remember, but my last letter was right after my mother-in-law died and my mom's health was declining due to dementia. My mom has been gone now two years and those were some dark times and you guys got me through. You would bring some laughter and smiles when I didn't think things would get better. Well, as they say, the sun will come out tomorrow. So I would like to introduce you to another DGP baby, Edison Gale. Gale was my mom's middle name. I was literally in labor with you girls in my earbuds. Ugh. At one point, my epidural was only working on one side of my body, and I kept hitting the button to get more drugs, and the nurse says, it, uh, it only comes out in timed intervals. I looked her in the eyes and said, I don't need your notes, babe, and closed find an invite to Edison's first birthday. Sounds lame. Trust me, there will be all the alcohol. I have also included a pic of her as a newborn, my son Wyatt, and family pic with my husband Jared. I'm trying to raise my son to not be an asshole. I think I'm doing okay. He got in an altercation with some kids at the park about the steal. Yes, six and seven-year-olds were telling my five-year-old Joe Biden wasn't our president. He told those kids they were a bunch of liars and he was riding with Biden. He also told a group of unmasked adults at the grocery store they better get their mask on to stop the spread of coronavirus. I think there is hope for him. I live in Wisconsin. But not Milwaukee or Madison, so I'm surrounded by Republicans and was called a sheep at the grocery store last week because I still wear a mask. Oh, my God. Wow. If my kids weren't with me, I would, <laughs> I would still be in jail today. It's great fun here. I've <laughs> written a novel here, so I'll end by saying thanks so much for keeping us all laughing. One of the original 14, Rebecca Tershner. I mean, oh, my God. Perfect, perfect wow. note, Rebecca. Yep. And I love that you sent us an updated picture. I love Edison. Yeah. I want... You're lucky we're not going to Wyatt's or it's Edison's first birthday. So yep. she had she had her daughter in the pandemic. Her, she's a pandemic baby, but it's not a pandemic baby because it's a DGP baby, period. Right. End of story. That's and right. only. But you're Wyatt's lucky we're not going because <laughs> I would teach him a new catchphrase. He could still say, yo, I'm riding with Biden. And then he would say, so get out of my face, MAGA losers. <laughs> <laughs> so let's. Let's refrain uh, from teaching mm -hmm. handsome, handsome, mm -hmm. handsome Gent Wyatt. Right. To call everyone in Wisconsin a MAGA loser. That's good. And real quick, this is already too long, but I just want to say Jennifer Warhoff did Kalanya, mm -hmm. our Patreon craft queen, mm -hmm. accidentally sent us a Harry Potter coloring book <laughs> memo meant for her niece. Okay. <laughs> now, not for nothing, Jennifer. Oh, this fucking book is so baller. Wow. I don't yeah. even think it can be called a coloring book. No. And um, I will wrench it away from Mau Mau because she is a enormous Harry Potter <laughs> fan. Okay. And this isn't even really like a coloring book. It's a beautiful book with like gold etching on the front. And um, I just, mm. I don't know how old your niece is, but this shit is most certainly for an adult. So maybe you have an adult niece. Regardless, we will send it back to you. So whether your niece is an adult Harry Potter fan like Meow Meow or whether she's a little girl, um, we want her to have her book. So yeah. go on our website, julianbrandy.com. Go ahead and pick out a shirt from our four designs. You can either pick one for you or you can pick one for your niece. Pick one for your new husband. <laughs> I forget what her husband's name is. Um, Mr. Kalanya. <laughs> and... Um, you don't have to pay for the shirt. Just email us 
or send us a message on Patreon with the shirt you want and the size you want and your address. We'll send you the shirt with the book back. We do do this. We did this for Sarah Decker, not Sarah Wybright Decker, <laughs> the original Sarah Decker with Uncle Brad, mm-hmm. who went on Etsy and bought a bunch of Grateful Dead pins that then accidentally got sent to us. And so then we sent Sarah and Uncle Brad two shirts. They picked out, I think, drugs shirts. Oh, clearly. And then I went ahead and stole a Big Lebowski pin and <laughs> sent the rest of the pins to Sarah. And then I immediately lost the Big Lebowski pin that I that I stole. And then I thought, did I accidentally send that to her with her pins <laughs> instead of stealing it? Oh. Because it was a Walter Sobchak. He was like bowling. It was like a bowling Walter Sobchak pin. Mm. And I fucking lost it. I've never been able to find it. Oh. That's really not like me. Not yet at all. So I thought, damn, I meant to steal that from Sarah. Yeah. Instead, I sent it to her. <laughs> Oopsie. We interrupt our regularly scheduled Jojo and Kiki because we need some hot sake for lunch. This is our segment called Hot Saki for Lunch, where we give you the latest and greatest from the past week's White House press briefings, starring none other than White House Press Secretary Jen Saki. Jen Psaki is our cunty queen, and we are absolutely going to lose our shit when she quits in January and hands over the reins to Corrine Jean-Claude Van Dampierre. We love Corrine Van Dam, but Jen Psaki is everything to us. We used to enjoy the comic clapback stylings of Trump and Sean Spicer and Sarah Huckabee Sanders and the captain of all cunts, Kellyanne Conway. And the thing that we enjoyed about these Trump trash bags was the way they would clearly telegraph the fact that they hated the White House reporters. Mm -hmm. They didn't hide it. They blatantly hated them right to their faces. And it was entertaining as fuck because we hated them, too. But now Jen Psaki has shown us how an actual intelligent elite top of her game professional does it. And turns out, sweetie, it's more entertaining She calmly runs circles around every nitwit in the briefing room, and we are so goddamn obsessed with her that Julie puts it on for me when I have panic attacks and need to be soothed. that's right. That is absolutely right. And I do it all the time. And she is soothing. The bitch has been on the job for eight months, and she's half past give a shit at this point. She's so dead inside from spoon-feeding repetitive rhetoric to the calculated thirst buckets in the White House press corps that she's now on on another level. She's not going to get caught out here on these streets getting provoked by dumbass Caitlyn Collins. No. Joe Biden is another thing. They constantly get his goat because they're shitsters and he's not used to it. And that's why we hate them all. Not because they get JoJo's goat, but because they're gutless fake news shitsters. And that's why the White House serves them hot sake for lunch that's every right. day. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So this first clip is from last Tuesday's White House press briefing, and it's Peter Ducey from Fox News. Jen Psaki, she's wearing an aquamarine skirt suit and has zero time for Peter fucking Ducey and his dumbass questions. He shows up at every press briefing acting like the Crunchwrap captain of all the conservative press corps clowns, and Jen Psaki calmly answers his moronic meathead questions like he's an annoying friend that her son brought home from school. Here he is asking if it's fair that people in new york who don't want to get the vaccine for religious reasons can't go to state fairs 
Uh, first, following up on that rule in New York now where the mayor says if you're not vaccinated, you can't go to an indoor restaurant, a gym, or a show, does the White House think that that is fair to people who may have a religious reason for not wanting the vaccine or who might just be waiting for the FDA to approve it fully before they get it? Yeah, sorry, Peter. You're going to have to tell your family they have to skip the Rascal Flats concert, <laughs> fucking tool. It never, it's never not funny. <laughs> I mean, so I, 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 I Yes, that's correct. For whatever your fucking religious bullshit reason is, or you don't believe in, or the FDA hasn't fully approved it, you still can't go to the restaurant and you still can't go to the fucking state fair. It is absolute, utter fucking bullshit. What do they want? Every single right? They want the right to remain unvaccinated. Okay, but now you need to go to every Everything. every single event. You need to go to Coachella, and you need to go to the mega church. Apparently, and and let and let's let's be and I have to and 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 I don't mean to, but I'll, I, in fact, I don't actually care. Anyone who's not getting the vaccine for religious reasons, and I am going to make a judgment here. I think it's bullshit. I don't. I think it's utter fucking hypocrisy. If you. For religious reasons, don't get the vaccine. Does that mean you don't ever get any medication? You don't ever go to the hospital? You don't ever go see a doctor? You don't ever do anything medically? Did you have no. your baby in a field? Of course. Did you? <laughs> yeah, you went into a, an ocean and you had dolphins swim by to pull your baby out and eat the placenta? No, you fucking asshole. And by the way, this is New York, so I'm quite sure we're talking about Orthodox Jews. Let's be honest, okay? And what are we talking about here? You can't go into the streets and have your fucking... Your hair Shabbat curly. dinner. I mean, I don't know. And I fine. I'm Jewish. Whatever. Deal with it. Write me a letter. Don't. I don't even give a fuck. They, this is a any fucking. <laughs> they wanted to go have like a streetwide Shabbat dinner, like a fucking block party. Block yes. party Shabbat dinner. Oh, where are all the Hasids at? Where are my Hasids yeah. at? We're all here unvaccinated because we don't believe in the vaccine apparently, but we also go to doctors. It's so dumb, and I don't know for what. What 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 part of the Bible or the commandments or the Torah or the Quran or church? Do you know what? The only religion, the only religion who uh, is allowed to say that they're not going to do something for religious purposes is the is uh, is the church is the Christian science Christian scientists yeah. because at least they're consistent and they don't <laughs> believe in any medical intervention. They won't take the blood transfusion. They'll let their fucking baby die in the hospital. So fine. You want to be unvaccinated? Be unvaccinated. Get COVID and fucking die. We don't care. But what you about can't Amish? Get I don't know about Amish. Don't they just ride on buggies and shit? And you know what? Don't... Amish might not take the vaccine. Yeah, they're like, they they might, the though. vaccine would go, all right, take your horse and carriage and go right off the, stay the sunset. Stay in your quarantined farm. <laughs> yeah, stay and in your hut or wherever yes, you live. Stay, whatever right, your stay in your cottage and your farm. <laughs> we know that you don't want to be in regular society anyway, so fine. Yeah, be amongst yourselves and quarantine and give it to each other. I don't care. Yeah. But you don't get to say, I don't want the vaccine, and then be like, why can't I go to a restaurant? Why can't I be inside they a restaurant? They didn't even... He's not even asking about restaurants. He's literally asking about massive crowd events. Yeah, he said state fair and in, in, indoor and indoor. Inside. Oh. The mayor of New York once says said that if you're unvaccinated, you can't go inside restaurants. So oh. fine. Okay, part of the consequence of not getting vaccinated is you ultimately are going to have to kind of stay quarantined. Yeah, you're going to lose and some that's, privileges. That's just how it's got to be. We all have to make sacrifices for the, for those people who are being vaccinated or wearing masks all the time. That's the sacrifice they're making. Yeah, it's not FDA approved. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Many, many people are taking risks with their fucking health in order to stop the spread of the fucking COVID. Or because COVID. they need to go to the New York State Fair, which I didn't right. realize was such a hot <laughs> right. fucking bed of fun. 
Exactly. Or they need to work. Or there's production sets that are fucking forcing you to get the vaccine. Right. Or there's places in, in, in anywhere where it's like you have to show your vaccine. Okay, so fine. We're going to get vaccinated, blah, blah, blah. But if you're not going to, then you can't go in. There are places here that have a sign that say no shirt, no shoes, no service. What am I going to do? Am I going to send an appeal to the governor because I can't wear shoes? The administration and the White House and the president uh, support steps by localities uh, to uh, to take steps to protect people in their states and their communities, to incentivize uh, people getting vaccinated. I, I don't know all the specific details if they have exemptions, so I'd point you to them. Okay. So then at the press conference on Friday, Hatsaki comes in and announces that the monthly jobs report showed the largest uptick in almost a year. And here comes Peter Dushi again, bugging the fuck on needing to ask if oh well if everybody has jobs now why does the biden administration keep pushing relief funding it's on the jobs report if the economy is so great and you guys are celebrating jobs being created at wouldn't you say over uh, nine hundred thousand jobs created is pretty good so this is my question mm -hmm. why then is the president still pushing for big relief packages pandemic era relief packages like the eviction moratorium well, first, I would say uh, one of the biggest pieces of legislation he's pushing for, as we know, is the infrastructure package uh, and also the Build Back Better agenda. A lot of most of the components in those packages are long-term investments. They're out. Uh, they're overdue. They're meant to modernize our infrastructure. Yeah, well, one doesn't have to do with the other. The long term and Peter. make us more competitive over the long term. It is still a reality, even with a good jobs number this month, and even with four million jobs created over six months, that there are still people out of work. There are still people who don't have enough money to make ends yeah, meet. Yeah, there are people That's that have five of those jobs and still can't pay their <laughs> yeah. bills, Peter. I just want to point out that this time, Jen's wearing um, a Kelly green mm -hmm. dress. Mm -hmm. It's like a V-neck, um, three-quarter sleeve dress. Mm -hmm. so I would say somewhat form-fitting. I mean, it's not like a fucking tube dress or anything, but... Um, it's showing the figure. Right. And um, everyone in the briefings all week, shoulder to shoulder, masks back on. Full capacity. Right. Full right. capacity. Yeah. Uh, masks are there, which is great when it comes to Peter because nobody wants to see him. <laughs> but the reasons why we uh, designed the American Rescue Plan to have a long-term spread-out impact, whether it's the child tax credit or uh, benefits that are going to schools that are spread out over the course of a year, because we are still in a recovery. Back to school question. Florida's Governor DeSantis Ugh. says that he may start withholding funds from school districts that don't let parents opt out of policies that require masks in the classroom. Does the president think that parents should have that kind of power? The president thinks your your mother's a bitch. <laughs> I cannot fucking deal with. Mm. Go pull your kid out of school then. Yeah. Go homeschool your kid with the Amish in the cornfield <laughs> in the rock house. Yep. The fuck are we talking about here? I don't want my kid to have to wear masks. It's abuse. It's <laughs> violence. My child wearing a mask is violence. And if they have to wear masks, they're going to be scarred for the rest of their life. I mean, I mean, I, I that whole thing, that whole thing can go crawl under the rock and die at the I fucking mean, Amish rock house. Like these fucking parents and their entitlement and their self-righteous indig indignation to their fucking liberty and their rights for their stupid fucking children I mean, to not wear masks because it's violence and it's going to ruin the rest of their lives. Like. On, I, 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 I've honestly, you think you hear everything. You think you've heard it all. You think that people have reached a pinnacle of um, 
just ridiculousness entitlement entitlement that you just have never heard before and then they then they cross it like the kids are fine we've been the making kids are fine. children bend to our will since <laughs> I mean, the dawn of it's time ridiculous That's the whole point of their existence is to do what we say you make children wear fucking uh uniforms in some schools and they seem to be okay you literally make girls wear skirts and boys wear pants and they're okay they get fucking through it we all fucking do and the masks are going to save people's lives and also not help or help not spread a disgusting virus around and you don't want it well then go fucking get it and die and go i hope your kids <laughs> die too i can't fucking deal with these people i am on my you know what i'm on my period <laughs> yeah i got my period today and i am fucking on one well i, I, I think wonder what jen's like on her period <laughs> spoken to this a few times but i will say as a parent myself of two young children uh, that I want public health officials to make decisions about how to keep my kids safe, not politicians. And not only is Governor DeSantis not abiding by public health decisions. Hey, Peter, do you have kids? <laughs> because Hot Saki has two fucking kids, and they're young, and she probably hasn't seen them in eight months since she started this fucking job. She doesn't even know what they look like. So why don't you stop worrying about everyone else's kids and everyone else's religion, Peter? <laughs> He's fundraising off of this. Mm. So... My view is that, and our view as an administration, is that uh, teacher, parents in Florida, uh, parents across the country, should have the ability and the knowledge that their kids are going to school and they're in safe environments. That shouldn't be too much to ask. It shouldn't be too much to ask. It really shouldn't be too much to ask. I mean, I don't really understand. The fact that it is speaks to how next level insane this country has gotten. Insane. And the, the climate has gotten. It's just like... We just were not, we were just not mentally there, anybody psychologically. You know, I guess it started probably in the 80s and just built all right. the way the last right. 40 years. But nobody was psychologically ready to handle this fucking pandemic. And everybody no. just lost their damn minds. And at this point, it's like, you probably didn't even pay attention. To, like, what about like, some? I mean, with all due, what about some of the dads out there? It's like, you weren't even paying attention to your kid. And now you're going on Fox News talking about how pissed off you are that your son has right. to wear masks. Like, you didn't care. This is where your fight for rights ends up. Also, like, where were you? Where were you during um, Pride? Where were you during fucking yeah, women's rights? rights? Yeah. Where are you during Black Lives Matter? Yeah, you're nowhere. But you're here for not wearing masks during a pandemic for children. For children, because it's violence against them. I, I at this point, and I again, I've again the half of what I talk about with the therapist is just not being able to deal with half of this country. I mean, honestly, so, I want to put a full a full headdress like sexy beasts over these kids. <laughs> like, I don't even want to see anything. No, no. Like, I don't even want I don't want to know your gender. I don't want to no, know your race. No. I don't want to know what your hair looks like. No. I want your whole head. Mm -hmm. Put an astronaut's helmet on. <laughs> That's a great and idea. Then I just I don't even want to see you. Great idea. And then and then nobody's getting a cold. That's probably why my mother would never let us cook. Okay. Oh, God. I you get You know what that. I mean? She was like, disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Take your sticky, disgusting hands out of my wonderful food. <laughs> I'm not letting you fucking dirty ass monsters cook shit. All right. So then at the same press conference on Friday, Jen had to get crucial with one Miss Francesca Chambers. The thing about Francesca Chambers is that she used to work for the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail was originally a British tabloid magazine, but now there's a hugely popular American version with an app and all this shit. And they have one section for American celebrities and one section for American politics. Now, 
I don't know if it's because she worked for a tablet or what, but Francesca always has major confrontational gotcha energy. So she starts out by asking an undermining question about how can congressional Democrats expect to win in the midterms if they don't satisfy swing voters? See what I mean? It's already annoying. Um, well, I definitely see what you mean. Francesca Chambers always comes in like the queen of the receipt recital. But I will say, <laughs> but I will say that Jen Psaki called on her to escape Peter Dushi, So she was probably slightly flustered from trying to outmaneuver his jizz shower for five minutes. Uh-huh. So when she points to her, she called her Fran. She literally said, go ahead, Fran. And then like it like got all confusing because nobody understood who she was talking to. Now, I don't know for sure, but Francesca Chambers, she's a young, gorgeous girl who in no way, shape or form looks like she goes by Fran. I don't know. I just I, I, a shot in the dark here. I just don't think she goes by Fran. Uh-huh. And if she does. She definitely don't got it like that with Jen Psaki. She's not going to let Jen Psaki call her that. Right. So I like to think that the spicy undercurrent of this particular exchange might have all popped off with the go ahead, friend. <laughs> but you won't really hear the spiciness until the second question. Uh, go ahead, friend. Go ahead. Oh, me. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, the White House uh, uh, me, oh, wait, I, me? Because my name's not Fran. I, 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 I'm Fran I don't think so. Am I the nanny? Okay. No. Um. ...in a memo that swing voters want bipartisan uh, infrastructure deal. And Democrats, as you know, have an extremely tight margin in the House. So why does the White House think that, that the bipartisan infrastructure bill will help lawmakers in the Democratic Party keep their seats in battleground congressional districts in the midterm elections? Well, because the poll showed that 87% of battleground voters surveyed said they would be more likely to vote for a candidate who supports investing in our country's infrastructure, helping grow our economy, and securing our supply chain. Uh, investing in American manufacturing. That's exactly what the president's agenda is, what the Build Back Better agenda is, what the bipartisan infrastructure bill is. It's also reflective of the fact that for most people, uh, the economy, making sure they have a good job, they're getting through the pandemic is front and center. But that was reflected in the DCCC zone poll. Oh, the DCCC zone poll? <laughs> mm, I, that one. I didn't realize it was reflected in that. You so didn't? I, so I was curious about how they thought they could possibly win a midterm election with swing voters. Well, I, because of the DCCC <laughs> down, bomb, down poll, the green zone, which Jason Bourne is going to come into and fucking blow everybody out. Okay, so here's where Fran goes from a standard issue, <laughs> annoying White House press reporter to acting like she's paparazzi trying to catch Ben Affleck coming out the strip club. <laughs> And while the president may not be taking a vacation, he is in Delaware, and it's a, a place that he goes often on the weekends. Why is it important for the president to visit his Delaware residence so frequently? Because it's his home. <laughs> you like going home, right? So does the president. Uh, He's human, too. Go ahead. Uh, what, what are you getting at, What is Fran? That is one of the dumbest <laughs> questions I've ever fucking heard, Fran. Um, he's having an illicit affair with three of his daughter's best friends. Uh, Fran. Like, the guy literally worked in Washington, D.C. while living in Delaware for 35 fucking years. He took the train every day. He wants to go home. What do you think? The White House is filled with weird strangers. Yeah, it probably and... has, like, all ants, too. <laughs> just gives me that vibe. Plus, we've been. That's true. I mean, I think they just, like, don't... That's not That's not their home. They, he doesn't want to sleep. Plus, he was vice president for eight years. He knows. He knows the deal. Yeah, come and on, he knows Francesca. That he, can go, he knows he can go home. Get your head out of the Daily Mail's ass. Seriously. That is so dumb. Ugh, okay. So, 
At Thursday's press conference, Hotsaki told reporters that Joe Biden was hosting an electric vehicle summit with three of America's biggest car manufacturers in order to announce the administration's ambitious goals for cutting vehicle emissions. I'm going to talk about it a little in my So There's That, but basically this electric vehicle summit was a big deal in terms of setting the stage for environmental reform in the auto industry and also battery innovation and manufacturing, which is happening mainly in China right now. It's all very pie-in-the-sky, delusional diet goals, fantasy-type shit, but the best part was when Nancy Cordes, the chief White House correspondent for CBS, asked Jen Psaki why Elon Musk wasn't invited. Go ahead. Thanks, Jen. The automakers that are appearing with the president today at this big uh, announcement also lobbied the Trump administration to roll back emissions standards that were set by the Obama administration. So what gives this White House confidence that they are actually going to reach for this ambitious new goal, especially given the fact that the uh, the executive order is not binding? It's a valid question. Uh, corporations are soulless, succubus, liar <laughs> fucks. So that's fine. Mm. I will say Nancy Cordes bugs. She With her mask, I always get her mixed up with Mary Bruce, who uh, also bugs. Uh-huh. But Mary Bruce is MIA, and I'm wondering if she's off having her fucking baby. So congratulations to Mary. We've got (laughs) Nancy here now. uh, First, I would say they're standing with the president today while he's making this announcement. That is certainly significant. Also a valid point, because they go with it. Wherever way the wind blows, whoever's Mm -hmm. in power, they just do it. So the key point being, let's get rid of the filibuster and pass voting rights and then we can remain in power and then maybe things can actually get done with a momentum and they don't just swing back the other way and be like, let's put everyone in terrible working conditions and blast (laughs) emissions into the sky. Also seeing a lot of these industries move in the direction of electric vehicles. That's that's not just the president saying that. That that is the direction where a lot of these industries are moving. One of the things the president's going to talk about uh, this afternoon is the fact that we need to address also, uh, you know, equ- uh, supplies like batteries, which right now China is producing about 80 percent of batteries that are required for that industry to succeed. Uh, but I also would note that in addition to the announcement today, and I noted this a little bit at the time. Jen's wearing red this time. (laughs) She looks great. Uh, There will be rulemaking steps that are announced by the appropriate agencies later this afternoon uh, to ensure that uh, we can move forward and and make these uh, these pronouncements uh, a reality. Got it, Nancy? We're going to impose rules on these liar succubus (laughs) shivs. Founder of Tesla, Elon Musk, expressed surprise that he was not invited to this ceremony because his company is obviously such a a large manufacturer of electric vehicles. Can you give us any insight into why uh, Tesla wasn't included in this event? Because he's a fucking douche. (laughs) I mean, and scene. I mean, that's why. Why does he have to be invited to everything? I'm sorry. Did he invent the electric did car? You, and right. if he did, I don't even give a fuck. Like, it's certainly not affordable for everyone. No. And, and it's not even really that available. Right. Get on your rocket and blast <laughs> off, sir. We, of course, welcome the efforts of all automakers who recognize the potential of an electric vehicle future and support efforts that will help reach the president's goal. And certainly Tesla is one of those companies. Uh, today, it's the three largest employers of the United Auto Workers and the UAW president who will stand with President Biden as he announces his ambitious new target. Uh, but I would not expect this is the last time we talk about uh, clean cars, the move toward electric vehicles, and we look forward to having a range of partners in that effort. 
Oh, Elon can come next time. Yeah, he's not invited this time because he's not part of the top three people who employ the most people in this sector. Okay, sorry, Elon. <laughs> because Tesla's a non-union shop. Well, these- You know what, Nancy? Now you're fucking trying me, okay? You're trying me. Oh, because Tesla's a non-union shop? No, I'll say it again. Because he's a douche. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's not the top three employer of, of these people. She made it very clear. The top three companies who employ the most people in the country in this field were invited. That's who the meeting was for and for the union president or whatever. That's who was at the meeting. Elon isn't part of that meeting. Elon is in another group of people <laughs> who will be invited the next time. That's right. When everybody, nobody, somebody, I, I mean, I, I literally. The, but the, here go I, Nancy I can't, I can't, trying to talk about, is it because it's not non-union? Are uh, the three largest employers of here the United Auto Workers. So I'll let you draw your own conclusion. Yeah, Nancy, draw a conclusion and go fuck off. <laughs> Well, I just want to say that after the press briefing, Fox News released an article with the following headline. <clears throat> this is copy and pasted directly from the Fox News website. Quote, Saki, oh, how dare they? Saki suggests that Tesla wasn't invited to the White House Electric Vehicle Summit because it isn't unionized, end quote. I mean, can you? They, Fox News can is you even literally. Read it again, Mama. Quote, Saki suggests that Tesla wasn't invited to the White House Electric Vehicle Summit because it isn't unionized. Saki suggests? She literally said twice that they, that that meeting was for the three top fucking employers of whatever. I mean, it's just like. Nancy Cordes suggested it. Oh, my God. That's why we hate them. Talk about fake fucking news. Jen Saki didn't say any such thing. Fox News is a full-on, saltine slander machine, but this is exactly why we hate all of the White House press reporters, and not just the conservative ones. Nancy Cordes is from CBS, but she just had to stir the pot because she's so hungry for the headlines. Yeah, and the funny thing is, they didn't even credit her in that article on Fox News by name, and they never do with any of them. They all... All these fucking reporters sit in that briefing room and fabricate reality so they can have their big moment. And when that big moment gets repeated in the headlines, the reporter who caused it is rarely, if ever, even included in the actual story. Mm -hmm. They get no glory, but the damage gets done. And it's truly, I believe, detrimental to the public trust. It it slowly over Trump just eroded. Mm -hmm. And it was the fucking liberal fake news media too it's like it just eroded and eroded with tiny little the nuance of Saki suggested and i'm here to fucking let you know cnn and fucking msnbc and washington post and new york times they all do that they do that subtle little change Mm -hmm. and it's a fucking brainwashing propaganda it's fucking fake news that's all it is and it's until we're all just a mess, like we're it living in the Benjamin Secret Society. What is the fucking call them out with the fucking with the whispering machine? Oh, the Benedict mis- mis- yeah. the mysterious, the mysterious Benedict Society. We're living in the mysterious Benedict Society. Mm. And we have a whisper machine, and it's the fucking lame news media. And I'm sorry. And it's not like these White House reporters are investigative writers like Ronan Farrow and Jane Mayer. They're journalism lawn jockeys <laughs> who are two jobs away from being paid twitter trolls Mm. they're fucking tragic and predictably what inspired nancy's big moment was a fucking tweet okay from the thirst bucket rocket dick himself (laughs) elon musk so elon musk subtweeted an article the day before about the electric vehicle summit and wrote 
Yeah, seems odd that Tesla wasn't invited. You know what I think's odd? Your child's name. <laughs> it's true that we hate the majority of the reporters in the White House press corps and pretty much everyone else in that room as well. <laughs> We're strictly there for the soothing white hot heat of Jen Psaki. But once in a while, a rare bird comes along and surprises us, like an endangered eagle or a, a gorgeous peacock. A delightful presence that doesn't make sense in the toxic travesty of the briefing room. But once it lands there, we never ever want it to leave. And this bird's name <laughs> is Eugene Daniels. <laughs> Eugene Daniels is a reporter for MSNBC who is a reoccurring contributor on two of our favorite shows, Morning Joe mm -hmm. and Deadline White House. Now, we don't need your notes. We're not even fucking with MSNBC at night anymore, okay? We're strictly dickly daytime right now, and we love it. We're doing only fun TV at night again. Yep. We're doing Big Brother and every other trashy thing, uh -huh. as long as it's not on Bravo. But I digress. Eugene Daniels is a good-looking hipster with big hair and a mustache beard. He's not your typical White House press corps guy, but he sure did have his sexy gay energy at every briefing last week, and we were living... Here he is asking about student loans or something such as. I actually can't remember what he asked because his questions aren't designed to create drama or problems. He's creating more change than anyone in the entire room, and he doesn't even need to say a damn word. In April, uh, Ron Klain said the Education Department was reviewing whether the president could forgive student debt. Um, he told us that it would be done in a few weeks. Um, when can we expect that we're past weeks where in August and just next month the pause is, is going to end as you know? Uh, I don't have an update on that. I, I will say that, and I, somebody asked this, it may have been you, but I don't think it was, uh, about also student loan forbearance, which is uh, expected to expire at the end of September. Slightly different, but also hugely impactful. Blah, blah, blah. Words, words, words. We don't have student <laughs> loans anymore. I paid mine off. <laughs> okay, so here's the gag on Eugene. He wore his usual turtleneck and blazer combo to all the briefings last week. And whenever he asked Hatsaki a question, he gestured a lot with both of his hands. Upon seeing this, I realized we don't ever really see Eugene's <laughs> hands on Morning Joe because he's usually in the stupid Zoom format. But he wears an Apple Watch and he has medium-long painted gel nails, okay? <laughs> Painted gel nails. They started off peach at the beginning of the week, and by Friday, they were a frosty ice blue. It is nothing short of incredible. Pinnacles. Absolute, utter pinnacles, okay? <laughs> the man sitting in the White House press briefing, <laughs> gesturing, like, to the sky about student loans, and every day was a different question, and the nails are there, and they're sitting. Oh, my God. And there's, there's monsters surrounding him. Yep. And it's, it's just incredible. After debuting his gel nails, some dumb bitch tweeted Morning Joe and said, quote, While I follow and often agree with Eugene Daniels, I'm distracted by his nail polish. Not offended, but distracted. So, uh, <laughs> so then Eugene tweeted, just... Just a general tweet. He didn't reply uh -huh. to the troll. Okay. To those who have an issue with my hair or my nails or my turtlenecks or my voice <laughs> or my blackness or my gayness, Ooh. go ahead and save your breath, <laughs> your DMs, your tweets, and your emails because we do not care. <laughs> yes. And that is why he is 
the beautiful eagle flying That's above right. and rising above and fly, fly, fly above. We love you, Eugene. Ugh. Well, here's a reporter at the same White House briefing who I'm quite sure had a problem with Eugene's nails and gayness and blackness. Her name is Emerald Robinson, and she's a Newsmax whore whose Twitter bio says, politics is downstream of culture and culture is downstream of religion. I hope Eugene checked her with his nails in the hallway after the briefing was over, where she interrupted aggressively to ask Jen Psaki about former White House COVID advisor, Dr. Michael Osterholm, who <laughs> evidently said that cloth masks don't do shit. Go ahead. Go ahead. The mask issue with Secretary Cardona yesterday. He mentioned sure. that with Governor DeSantis, they were, he was concerned about the EO he did regarding public schools on masks. Oh. And he said, we know what works. What works? But we know what works. One of the president's top COVID advisors, COVID? Osterholm, just this recently. Who's not a current advisor to the president. But, but, but was. So notable, right? Okay. He I just want to say, mm. when she interrupted aggressively, which at the top of the clip, Jen Psaki is literally she practically is doing an exorcism like turning her head she's trying to she's turning trying to turn all the way to the back wall she'll do anything to not make eye contact with this bitch and we've all been there we're like they're like looking for somebody to volunteer and you're like down in your chair like not me she was trying so hard and the and the bitch just would not be denied or ignored right. you know she wanted mm -hmm. to talk about the covid right she needed to ask she wanted to talk about dr Osterham. and in in the cloth mask they don't work uh-huh uh, in a television interview this week regarding mask wearing, specifically the cloth mask like so many of us are wearing here and what the kids are wearing in school. It's right, what the kids are wearing, Jim. He said um, it's a just that the scientific community has been doing a disservice to the public on face coverings. He said that cloth masks <laughs> like these have very limited impact uh, on the Your hair is doing a disservice. You exhale out. And he also said that he's really disappointed in his colleagues for not making that more clear to the public. What colleagues? You don't work here. <laughs> you don't go here anymore. You transferred, bitch. Oh, my God. No, you don't go here. You don't got no colleagues here. Who are you talking to? Yeah, what are you? Are you talking about your colleagues at whatever and like, if you doctor's a... office you work at now? And if you're worried about it, then go change your mask. Nobody's <laughs> stopping you. Why are you still wearing you're literally sitting there going like the mask we're all wearing here. Why are you wearing it then? If you're worried about it, go get an N95 mask yeah. and shut your fucking mouth. Jen checks her though. And that's sort of in line with the study that Governor DeSantis is citing as oh, the God. basis for his ex executive order. So oh. I think you're confusing a few things there. But <laughs> let me first say that Osterholm is not an advisor to the president, to the administration, to the White House. He doesn't work here. He's a private citizen and a medical, ex a public health expert. But a, a lot of public health experts are out there speaking and good for them. Good for them. <laughs> good for them. A lot of people are out there speaking out of their ass. And you know what? Good for them. Mm. Emerald. Yeah. Yep. I will say that we are going to continue to uh, rely on the advice of medical experts in the federal government on what kind of masks we all should wear, what kind of masks kids should wear, and if they change that advice, then the Department of Education will be working with schools to make sure that's implemented as a mitigation measure. The uh, issue we have taken with the guidance of uh, Governor DeSantis, which he of course is fundraising off of, I think we should note, is that he is preventing schools 
and teachers and others from protecting themselves and the students with in any their kind classroom. of mass bitch. And as a mother myself, that's concerning, and I'm sure it's concerning to mothers in Florida. I think we're going to have to continue. Go ahead. I think we've got to continue. Go ahead. You had a very long question. We've got to continue. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Emerald. We're going to continue. Oh. Owned, honey, like a like her three-year-old son. Oh. Owned, <laughs> owned. Emerald, this is not the Emerald Forest. Yeah, she's like, don't make me put you in a time Oof. out move. Like, and she's like, as I'm sure, and she wanted was about to say you are too, but then she went, many mothers are in Florida because <laughs> we know you ain't even a mom, Emerald. So why are you bringing this up again? Stay in your lane. Stay in your and lane. if I may, I just want to point out Emerald Robinson, when you look her up, though she is a White House correspondent for Newsmax, under her, you know, like in Google where it's like it'll show if you put your yeah, name like and be blurb. like, right. Like the bio. Screenwriter. Oh, yeah, I was aware. Screenwriter. Like, think what you want about cloth masks and vaccines or whatever. We're all trying to just get to the truth and get out of this without permanent lung damage. But Newsmax is a pathetic embarrassment. They make Fox News look like an Edward R. Murrow masterclass. YouTube channels are better produced than that shit. It's a crappy Christian conspiracy public access channel, and it shouldn't even be allowed into the White House press briefing. Kate Bedingfield, the communications director, should be ashamed of herself for allowing that. They don't let podcasts in. They don't let the Young Turks in. If they're going to draw some standard as to what is and what isn't news, then clearly Newsmax should not be making the cut they're getting fucking sued for saying the election was rigged and one of their stupid ass anchors who constantly railed against the vaccine just died in the hospital of covid after tweeting that he wished he would have just gotten the vaccine Saul's, it's disgusting <laughs> it's absolutely every day you say how can we get into the white house press briefing and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about but it's like i see shit like that and this stupid bitch is just some thirst bucket L.A. Nimrod. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like rich billionaires fancying themselves telecom tycoons go buy some tragic channel on DirecTV or ATT verse and then they fill it with insane lies from insane whores, just like a bullshit money grubbing Christian channel, like you said. So after this exchange at the press briefing, Emerald Robinson tweeted Stop saying that your government is confused or making mistakes or screwing up on COVID. Wrong. It's running a playbook designed by China to end freedom in the West. Oh, my God. Because Jen said, I think you're confusing a few oh things. God. Stop saying your government is confused or making mistakes. I mean, I'm confused as to why you get to even be there. Emerald, you're a screenwriter. You're a fucking asshole. You're a liar. You're a whore. You're a shill. You're a puppet. You're a twat. You're a slut. <laughs> you're cum guzzling, pandering jizz monster. And I hope it gets to you. Let's get in a fight. I'm dying, dying for it. Let's go. Okay. So then New York Times reporter Katie Rogers said, fuck spilling the tea. I'm going to chug some piping hot sake <laughs> right in the middle of the White House press briefing room. And there's not a damn thing anyone can do about it. Oh, my God. What, what, what was it? OK, so apparently, meow, meow, mm -hmm. Politico, a.k.a. the right wing times, <laughs> uh -huh. published a story 
saying that Jill Biden's top aide is abusive to junior staff members. So Katie Rogers went in for her clout chase and asked Jen Psaki about it, even though she doesn't even work for Politico. She works for the New York Times, a.k.a. the Virtue Thirst (laughs) Tribune. Okay, and there was a report yesterday in Politico that a senior aide in this White House has been abusive to other colleagues. I know the report was based on anonymous sourcing. You know, but I, I love anonymous sources. That's why I almost didn't ask. Like, I feel like criticism. you would just say, right. Maybe don't ask because you didn't write it and you don't work for Politico, but go ahead yeah. and, and then ask about the story, but don't say the name. But I'm wondering if, given this administration has its edict to treating people with kindness and respect, is this report, even though anonymously sourced, going to be looked into? Uh, first, I would say that um, I've worked with now over the last six months, even oh, yeah. as a newbie into the Biden orbit, uh, the individual named by anonymous source. Uh, he's been nothing but uh, supportive um, and communicative, and uh, that's been my experience. Um, you know, it's hard to look into anonymously sourced uh, reports. I'm not aware of that being the intention. Boop. Now, here's some hot sake for you. Okay. One, I read the article. Okay. And. I hate Politico, but that's beside the point. So <laughs> in the article, there was a line that said, you know, about one of the anonymous sources from someone that ha- has been around in the in the Biden orbit for a while. And Jen Psaki said, I'm a Nubian to the Biden orbit. So, I mean, and it goes without saying, but she clearly read the article fucking word uh-huh. for motherfucking word. And, you know, everybody's reading it just like, who's the anonymous source? Who's the not? Because she then goes and repeats the phraseology of being in the orbit. So the guy's name is Anthony Bernal. He's worked with Jill Biden for over 10 years. He's the most powerful person on her team. He mm. makes the most money. He's the top dog. Um, according to the Politico article, stories of him making junior staff members cry <laughs> are common and well-known mm. around the White House. Okay. Supposedly, he's so inappropriately cunty, i.e. abusive, that people started secretly recording him on their phones in staff meetings so they could, like, prove it. Mm. And, I mean, we're all familiar. It's all pretty standard. He's supposedly a manipulative, undermining dick who talks shit about every single person in the White House except the Bidens. I mean, there's, like friends people who claim to be his friends that were like oh i mean even his friends like the guy talks shit about literally everyone they describe him like a scary regina george snake in the grass who is apparently the type of smart that can do three digit multiplication in his head the article tells pretty much everything (laughs) one needs to know about anthony bernal except i mean is the motherfucker gay or straight exactly Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a So There's That moment that's happening because of or in spite of the giant COVID culture war currently ruining the country. On one side is an army of unemployed rubes who've been brainwashed by Facebook and Fox News. And on the other side is a battalion of well-intentioned elitist hypocrites who spend all day simping in AOC's timeline. (laughs) And that leaves the rest of us nasty haters battling it out for the middle ground. 
It's damn near impossible to find any hopeful, uplifting story in the social media cesspool that has become the entire internet. But Julie does it for us week after week. And on behalf of our 14 listeners, Meow Meow, I salute you. Mm. Now let's hear what random shit you pulled out of your ass this week. (laughs) Well, this week was virtually impossible. (laughs) And I haven't said that for two full weeks. God, I'm trying to find some good news regarding anything. But the COVID news is just back to COVID. It's completely the the whole news of it's the condom breaking and the Delta's bursting and the bullshit and the California's on fire and Oregon is on fire and Florida's a swamp made of COVID and Tucker Carlson continues to be allowed to act like his show is newsworthy when it's literally the biggest lying infected troll piece of shit garbage we've ever been inflicted with. But I keep on looking. Keep on, keep on, keep on looking. Probably us. That's toxic. Fine. Fine. (laughs) My period blood is made of a hazardous waste (laughs) that could never house a baby child anyway. It would only have the demon child from evil of which I'd have to give birth to it and then eat it. But okay. I keep on looking. And whenever I get into a state where I get frustrated, like this week, while looking for a good news story, I have to one online shop which I've done a lot of, okay, to the point where I might have caused a problem. And yeah, I've bought everything from sneakers to cat litter. And two, I look at new trucks and try and plan when is the best time for me to get a new vehicle, of which, yes, it will be Earth Killer 2, the hybrid. So while easing my stress with visions of old Broncos, DeLoreans, and a brand new tank-sized car for me, I stumbled across a very interesting story that I'm going to reveal here today. And it combines two of my favorite things. Whiskey and trucks. Okay. (laughs) Huh. Interesting. Maybe maybe it's your third and fourth favorite thing. (laughs) Whiskey and trucks. I love whiskey. Okay. I mean, as much as one can love a disgusting alcohol, I really do love whiskey. I would love nothing more than to take a trip to Scotland and spend a week drunk in in a Scottish pub or Scottish pubs while enjoying the medieval history and amazing countryside. And, of course, pretend I'm Braveheart and get into weird, pointless pub fights. Yeah, but isn't that scotch? Yeah. Oh, Oh. well, Scottish whiskey. Scotch. But I thought that that's scotch scotch and whiskey. Okay. They, They make whiskey. Okay. So there's Scottish whiskey. There is scotch, but there's okay. also whiskey. So but we like whiskey. We like whiskey. Better than scotch. I Personally, I think yeah. yes. And I would say that for you too. Yeah. Um, now, Scottish whiskey is where it's at. That's Jameson. That's where, even though that's scotch, it's scotch whiskey. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't either. But it's made in Scotland and we like it. Until, until I can do these things or until we can do these things together... Because I would like to imagine that we're in the pub together. We're drinking the whiskey. We smash glasses on the floor. And then maybe it is I who gets in the Braveheart type fight while you are just enjoying your time I'm still going to get another drink. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you walk away and go, I'm just going to leave him to go ahead and do that. Now, until this happens, I'm delighted to shine light. I want the Scottish whiskey company, Glen Fittich, is doing not only for our alcoholism, but for the environment. Who would have thought it would be an alcohol company that is leading the way in biofuel and trying to reduce their carbon footprint? It's ironic, particularly because it also has to do with large trucks. 
Glenfiddich, which started in 1887 in Scotland. They named it Glenfiddich. Do you know which one I'm talking about, Glenfiddich? Yes. You can visualize the bottle? Yeah. Well, it's called Glenfiddich because it means Valley of the Deer in Gaelic. Oh, that's pretty. It's a family-run business, and just out of curiosity, yes, they even survived through Prohibition. During Prohibition, they were one of very few distilleries who were making their whiskey and selling it on the fucking down low. I love that. Yes, it's awesome. They're, it's an interesting company, interesting family, and they're still there. And it's I would love to go visit one day. Basically, cool to go into like a speakeasy from there where yes. they hid and did yeah. all the illegal shit. Yeah. Basically, in case you didn't know, there's something called the Scotch Whiskey Association. Pretty self-explanatory. And they put forth the Scotch and Whiskey Sustainability Strategy. Can you imagine? Did you believe no. this exists? No. A strategy for... Why sustain- didn't they tweet at Joe Biden? Huh, it's <laughs> odd we didn't get invited to the exactly. electric vehicle summit. Right. Because they were too busy dealing with their own fucking lives and not worrying about it. And they have a strategy for sustainability. And according to their website, their mission is protecting nature, preserving resources, preventing climate change. They're not worried, Elon Musk, about not being invited to the meeting. (sighs) Yeah, they're worried about like the cliffs of more like (laughs) falling down. Right. So... Though it's based in Scotland and its members are Scottish distilleries, they're working together to really and try to do something for the environment. And Glenfiddich unveiled this month that they are using whiskey waste in order to fuel their delivery fleet. So whiskey, are you going to explain it? What whiskey waste is? Is it like they're doing the process of like the rye and then there's like that foam yes. or that barley? I don't what? understand even from reading about it how it works but they go through the distillery process and there is a waste there is a there's a some sort of yeah element they use like like french fry oil and whatever the fuck that they are left with that would potentially just have been waste that they would have just discarded but instead they've used the waste and turned it into biofuel that fuel that doesn't say a lot for whiskey (laughs) if whatever that's right doing to make that whiskey makes biofuel yep Woo! And doesn't it taste like it? We all need to really take a long, hard look in the mirror. That's correct. And Julie Lang, don't even try it with the fireball. That shit still counts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So basically what this means is that every or not every, but they're working on every truck. And I'm talking, tr- I'm talking like big trucks. trucks. Like not. I'm not talking like, about a pickup truck yeah. that I want. I'm <laughs> yeah. talking about the kind of truck, a box truck, a two ton truck, an 18 wheel truck, like those big trucks. That those trucks that they transport their barrels, their wow. all the whiskey to all the distilleries, from distilleries to the pubs, to from the pubs to the supermarket, all of that stuff, those trucks are now going to all be or the they're starting with some and then it's gonna be all of them, but that they are using this biofuel in order to fuel this entire fleet of trucks. And uh, that is becoming and will become climate neutral. So Wow. They're, they had a recent they had a press release that said that it compared fossil fuels. So if they were using fossil fuels, whatever, that, of course, it would be as if each truck was emitting 250 tons of CO2. This is going to save that 250 tons. And it, the benefit would be for the environment as if they were planting 4000 trees a year. Wow. So it's just fucking awesome. And when you look at the Scotch Whiskey Association schedule for sustainability, which I had to look at, their their mission or whatever says they're combating climate change by ending all greenhouse gas emissions by 2040. This is within their distilleries. 
sustainability of packaging that is reusable, recyclable, or recyclable by 2025 uh, be made compostable, achieve responsible water consumption goals by 2025, maintaining the land through the active conservation and restoration of Scotland's peat ecosystem by 2035. I find this to be soothing and comforting. I love that they're doing this, and it's a lesson to the big corporations to how this is possible and to stop fucking around and acting like we can't be spearheading the production and manufacturing of reducing the carbon load in this country and working with the two main criminals of climate pollution, China and India. And as I'm reading about this shit, boom, you come across a story about Joe Biden and that President Biden already knows. And in a coincidental convergence, Biden literally just announced that he signed an executive order calling for half of new passenger car sales to be electric vehicles powered by batteries and fuel cells or plug-in electric hybrids by the end of the decade. That's what we're going to get, plug-in electric hybrids. Yes, we are going to get a plug-in electric hybrid. We're going to have gas and electric. that we should probably get some whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) The level this made me want whiskey, I can't even tell you. I love whiskey. I love the way it looks. I love the way it may- I love thinking about being in the past. I love just, you know what I mean? Yeah, we turn into party monsters on whiskey, though. <laughs> I know, that's the like, thing. We're like, where's the hookers and blow, honey? <laughs> I can't. I got to stay away from whiskey. Now, I just think this is amazing. It makes me feel so hopeful, the fact that Joe, that JoJo and Kiki already know what they're doing. They've already put this in place. He's already signed the executive order. They've already put the meeting together. Elon Musk, sorry, Sauls, next time you'll, you'll be there. But it's already happening here. And just the fact that it's happening in Scotland through a whiskey distillery, I just think is so cool that, of course, it's an alcohol company. It, there's just something about it that just makes me feel like people who are addicts. It's like alcoholics. They're some yeah. of the, the most yeah. like thoughtful people. <laughs> exactly. It's a family-run business since 1887. And even though it's alcohol, you know, there's just something like very heartfelt about it. And I yeah. just think it's really great. It makes me feel hopeful, even if it's just car emissions and gas. It's a great start, and it also means that the cost of hybrid cars will slowly start to go down. And maybe not my next car, but the car after that will definitely be the dream car. Finally, which of course is a hybrid electric fuel-generated convertible on-road, off-road tank-style truck Bronco muscle car. So there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much, and we are so grateful for all 14 of you, especially now. Please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour, and lately they've been a hot fucking mess, and we don't get them out until the very end of the week, and this week even later. (laughs) Even later. But now we're thinking we might make the schedule so that we put them, no matter when we record them, we put them out on Sunday nights. People can listen to them Monday morning mm-hmm. on their way to work or on their way to their Zoom work mm-hmm. or on their way to their Zoom school right. or however they want to do it. And they have it during the week. We might just do that because we just they just keep coming out later and later <laughs> in the week. So um, but hey, there's no ads. There's no politics. Mm-hmm. There's no structure, no stress. And best of all. There's no pressure to join the Patreon. If nothing else, 
You'll be distracted from your own life thinking about how annoying and insufferable and tone deaf we are. That's right. This week we talked about the Australian dance show that you found. Hey, guys, how are you? Yeah. So just go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics to sign up. And if you're still on the fence when you get there, scroll down to the episode from September 2020 called Windows Up Sing Time. If our FOMO plan works and you decide to join, it's super easy to import our Patreon podcast into whatever app you use for podcasts. You don't have to listen on patreon.com. No, you never even have to go to Patreon again once you join if you don't want. Like Mm -hmm. literally you can be like, it's just a regular podcast. Right. That comes out twice a week. The show's called Dance Academy and you want to get into it. I'm just telling you. And if you don't want to fucking join the Patreon, fine. At least leave us a review on iTunes. Literally, we we need these reviews. We know we only have 14 listeners. We try to pretend we have more. We, we basically put the link to the podcast whenever we're trying to get guests or trying to do anything that matters in our life. We have to try and act like this podcast is better than it is and we do that with the reviews Mm -hmm. so we're trying to get to 2021 by the end of 2021 and when we do we are going to make a new opening theme song that's right we're working on it right now yes but we're gonna save this one just in case trump comes back in 2024 Mm -hmm. right that's correct but we are working on our new song we are so once we if we can get to the you know We're going to do it. Yeah, that's right. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. Maybe we should keep the song at least until the midterm. Well, well, we probably won't get 2021 reviews by then. So true. (laughs) How'd you do? I see you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dying because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, It'll all seem all right I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite right. I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man 
With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania A sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> 